Welcome to the It's a Mimic Show, and tonight we are doing another mailbag episode. Originally, it was supposed to be Adam that was going to open up the show, but Adam actually showed up kind of drunk. Leave me alone, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> For real? Adam showed up kind of drunk, which nobody expected. There have been many false starts. <laughs> <laughs> many false starts. <laughs> So this is mailbag number seven. I always thought it would be me that showed up drunk if anybody was going to show up drunk. I, and I'm the one who lives here. Like, I'm, I'm the one who you should be, be showing drunk. up drunk. Yeah, yeah, you can be drunk. I've got to travel 50 kilometers to get home. So. <laughs> I'm sobering up just listening to you two assholes after your gums. So we're going to roll on three random tables, as we usually do. We have three different colored dice. Uh, we have gray, we have red, and black. The gray one represents white. We have white, red, and black. <laughs> because it's black and white and red all over, like a newspaper. But they're only black and white. Yeah, but you read them. There's colored over. ones now, so, right. So, um, so, so uh, I guess we start. I guess uh, somebody goes first. So Let's roll initiative. So you go first. Let's roll initiative. So we're gonna we're gonna go Can through I have the black one to roll initiative. Sure. sure. We're gonna go through twenty different questions. Of course, you motherfucker. What's that? Say? That's a natural twenty. Oh, that's an, an eight, eight to five. I'm just gonna do that and still lose. What number is that? That is the worst dice. That's an that's eight. That's the worst. You dice. guys are rolling off. Okay, we gotta roll off. Roll this off. Is an eight. This is actually the dice that I nuked. I can't fucking read mine. So uh, this is a nineteen. You that's got a twelve. 12. So I guess hey, I'm first. You're going first. Let's do it. I'm gonna roll red first because I mean red ones go faster. Oh. And I do gotta say, I uh, put my eyes in if I knew this was gonna happen. Re- really, really quick, um, Brad, Megan, and Dave. Yeah, we're coming for you. Like this is this is the revenge mailbag, right? Oh, but we had the B team come in and do the little thing, the little song and I dance. I listened to that episode over three like separate stints. Because I was just getting harassed throughout yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, me too. I got so mad. I had to turn it off a couple times and like send out text messages and then delete them before I hit send because I'm like, no, no. Sleep on it. You need to calm down it. first. It's funny. I had no problem with that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Uh, no, All right. No, no. Dan, you go part. for it. Oh, that's that a one's nine red. on the red. Nine on the red. This one right here. Uh, Kane underscore Morwind asks, what is your experience with Morkoths? I have an idea of creating an evil sea witch and using the Morkoth stats as a base. Definitely a Dan question, possibly an Adam question, definitely not a Terry question. Morkoths, uh, they are... Uh, the blind? Than me. They're, they're, they're the blind, uh, like, merman thing, I think? This is a test, isn't it? We don't know the answer. What book are they in there, Adam? They are in... Volos. Um, I have never played with Morkoths. Ever. I've never seen them in a game. Those are something completely new to me. I have I mean, not, I don't know anything about Morkoths, but I will look them up. My, They're not pretty enough for my liking, but... I, I know nothing about them either. Hold on, here's a quick breakdown, guys. I'm more One sec. My, 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 knee, my, my knee-jerk reaction there is that uh, they are Tamatoa from uh, um, the Disney movie... Lion King. No. Uh, Peter Pan. No, with Dwayne Johnson. Oh, oh shit, uh, Wally. Welcome to the jungle. I mean, yes. Also, horribly no, Adam. Okay. Uh, Freaking uh, Moana. There's was, was he in that? Jamaica. I've never seen it. Man, I don't have kids. Why yeah, would no, I it, it was it was my life for a year and a half. Uh, okay, all right. Enough of your life. Nobody cares. So we've got <laughs> challenge rating eleven. Okay, so. Um, 
they're spellcasters. They've got a nasty uh, multi-attack. Three attacks, two with a bite and one with its tentacles, or three with its bite. It can uh, hypnotize people. It has lair actions, regional effects, and as a reaction, has spell reflection, which is unique. Let me give this a shot. Uh, if it makes a successful saving throw against a spell or a spell attack misses it, the Morkoth can choose another creature, including the spellcaster, that it can see within 120 feet of it, um, and the spell targets the chosen creature instead. So, Cain uh, Morwind wants to use these as an evil sea witch? Use these stats as an evil sea witch? I like it. You, you know what? It's but, got, I mean, there's hags. Just use a hag. You, okay, yeah, and there are sea hags, as a matter there of fact. There are sea hags, but yeah. But because of the tentacle thing, like, this has got a real Little Mermaid feel. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Ursula yeah, Flicker Sea Witch, right? So, yeah. what, are the, what are the spells? Oh, I Did, just watched Little Mermaid 2 the other day. Ursula's sister, Megahawk. Go on, Adam. Uh, it's cartoon tear. Okay. Chain Lightning, um, Scrying, Dimension Door... Uh, Ivor's Black Tentacles, Lightning Bolt, Dispel Magic, Shatter, Detect Thoughts, Darkness, Witch Bolt, uh, Shield, Detect Magic, and Acid Splash, Mage Hand, Mending, Ray of Frost, and Shocking Grasp. It's Ursula. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's Ursula. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it. It looks like a terrifying parrot squid. <laughs> like a sea medusa. No, I, I'm, no I'm, 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 squid, yeah. yeah it's I'm a terrifying on board. I'm on board with these things. Like, I, I would love to I see love these. Them. I, I'm kind of upset that we played a river campaign and never saw one. Like, but I'm I mean, upset that I didn't know this existed. Yeah. I'm so ready to DM again, except I don't have enough time in my life, so I've got a one-shot. So I might one-shot some more coughs in. Interestingly, it only has two layer actions, so it's going to go back and forth on these, right? On initiative count, it uses its hypnosis action, which I'm assuming is... Hypnosis. Look into my eye. Yeah. Or it casts darkness to spell magic or misty step. Wait, this is under C. Adam's too drunk. He's either too drunk or not drunk enough. It's one of the two. Oh, no, it's the second one. So, yeah, this is an interesting one. I like these. Yep, that's cool. I'm going to play with these. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jane underscore Morwind. Uh, T-Money, you're next. T-Money! Well, uh, right, the, initiative, not... Yeah, I'll roll on the black table. Roll on the black table, that's a three. I'll three, read it for you. Read it to me. Um, at that boy cap. What? The boy cap? At that boy cap. Uh, okay. Asks, do you think D&D is a good thing to start playing young to stimulate creativity? The answer to that could not be anything else other than Yes. Absolutely. I think even if you struggle with creativity, if you're a logical thinker, D&D is the perfect thing to exercise the creative side of your mind. Mm-hmm. Or c- even the other way. If you're a creative mind, it actually exercises my logical thinking uh, and, my, and my tactical side and my strategic side of my brain, which I avoid at all costs. So mm-hmm. there, there have been many studies that say like um, the, the rapid math that you have to learn how to do. Like the arithmetic. The arithmetic and the the creative narrative uh, improv around a table are incredibly beneficial for young developmental minds. I've been reading a lot into this right now because I'm planning on putting together a campaign for my kindergartners. Oh, really? Oh, so uh, I'm, get, I'm dipping their toes into it and, and they've told me that they really want to play. Uh, Nora wants to play a uh, centaur and Gwen wants to play a... Dragon Princess Night Ninja? 
<laughs> I haven't figured out exactly which one yet. Probably all five of those things. Okay. So sure. Yeah, but like it, Merida. It, 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 <laughs> it super helps with the math because now they have to when you're when you're going to school and learning basic arithmetic, and then you're going home and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you're rolling a d20, mm-hmm. and now you have to add five to whatever number pops up there, mm-hmm. right? Like. You're challenging your brain to get you set all the time. There are many different types of dice you're putting in. Like, there's many different... A- I, yes. The answer to the question is yes. Yeah. It also but, teaches you conversation skills and to adapt to personalities because the characters are different, which is often what people can't do. People will often expect other people to adapt to them, just subconsciously, yeah. but it teaches you to adapt to other people. I've played at tables where people are still expecting people to adapt to them, but still, no, you're, you're right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it a little bit because um, I agree with everything you guys said because I'm drunk. But um, <laughs> but I would say that it would be an amazing tool for people with autism to learn social cues. Ah, There's a lot yes. of role-playing involved, and you can describe how people are reacting mm-hmm. um, and see uh, patterns involved and whatnot. I think this would be a great tool. D&D would be an amazing tool for people with um, social disabilities. It also, what's funny you, you brought that up, like, it damn. also heavily includes... <laughs> no, I legit, I do. Yeah, I have an anxiety it, disorder. Because yeah. it also, just <laughs> said it, it was, it was funny. It's laugh or cry in this world, all right? Um, like Dan. But it, 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 I do agree with you, Adam. It would help for all those things. But touching on that point, it also um, has a strong sense of routine as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think uh, that would it, help a lot. And and uh, it also bears with that little bit of responsibility building as well because you're you're responsible for keeping the table going, responsible for um, making sure you're there on time and following that bit of the schedule as well. Like this, it, it's a wonderful developmental tool. White dice. Full stop. Adam's going with a natural twenty. I got a natural twenty. Terry, you want to read that to him? <laughs> skip. Alexander, another skip. Davis asks. He DM'd me recently. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure it was he him. He direct messaged you. He didn't He didn't Dungeon Master you. He didn't Dungeon Master You have to be very specific. Except I'm never on Instagram anymore. So like four weeks later, I read it and then just seemed very rude. So sorry, Alexander. Another Skip Davis. Uh, role playing or role p- playing? Fuck off. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, all right. Role I think you know you this question last or time. Or role playing. <laughs> so, so the idea of this, for those of you that can't read it, which is everyone, role playing is spelled R O L L. Playing like you're rolling dice, and the okay. other one is role playing like oh, so like, it's like role. math or role so, playing. So, so it's like tactics versus versus role playing. Which role one do we like better? Oh, okay. Um, well, it was your. I mean, uh, role playing for me. I'm... Fuck off, Adam. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, role playing or role playing, Adam? Yeah. Role playing. You got, yes. You goddamn right. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like the social encounters more than anything else because you guys know me. I like words. Yeah. And I've got an acting background, and I like to get in characters' minds and. I'm excited because I'm gearing up to be a player in a D&D session or in a campaign, which has a limited time frame on it. Like, we know it's going to be a certain number of sessions, and I'm excited to step in and do that. But it feels very limiting and handcuffing now, and it's more, as excited as I am, I'm like... you only get to be one character. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what do I do with this? Right? <laughs> and I have to sit still and listen to other people? <laughs> <Where's> <laughs> you're like, like, that wasn't me, that was Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, I actually I do like uh, the escapism found in a um, tactics focus game because mm-hmm. you're 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 just playing a narrative video game with your friends at that point, right? Right. Just playing out in your heads instead of on a screen, and I I like the escapism that's found there because it's just all right. We're murdering these goblins. All right. Now we're moving on. Now we're murdering these 
bugbears. I, I have video games for that. I I understand you got video games for that, but is this a classic Christian repression thing? Because I come across this a lot. <laughs> I mean, it how very many well how many be. how many repressed Christians do you hang out with? No, just pay attention. At least that. two. There's Dan and Brad. <laughs> but uh, that's right, Brad. We're coming for you. But I, Brad I, might I, be coming for you. you I would know. like to say that since joining Adam's campaign three years ago, however freaking long ago, yeah, that was, pretty much, pretty yeah, much. Since joining Adam's campaign three years Damn. ago, um, I've I've really fallen in love with uh, role playing with an E. <laughs> no, I've just grown to hate you more. Uh, but. The one thing that it does is it definitely is far more stressful to play a character and then, like, actually having to make character decisions that aren't even remotely the tactically sound decisions. Um, as as a person who has played a very tacticals-oriented game... Uh, tacticals? Tactical-oriented game for many, many, many years. But tacticals! Tacticals! <laughs> Uh, it was it was a hard switch to hit, but uh, very fulfilling when when I finally got into the swing of things. Yeah, and I I would actually like to say I, I think you helped m- even more than Adam did with that Terry. With what? With me getting into the role playing. I wish I'd listen to your answer now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how many times you said that to me when I was DMing you? With the role playing side. With the role playing side. I'm glad. Uh, because. Um, you gave Dan a foil, someone to bounce off of. Yeah, you gave me someone I gave, who I, I knew would roleplay just the... as hard back to me as I roleplayed at that. Oh, and and at my tactics table, there's no one I could do that with. So even if I'm sitting down as the DM, which I've started DMing that group again, um, it's it's incredibly trying when I'm like, okay, guys, here's the consequences of your actions. Yeah, no, they don't want to care. They don't care about the consequences of their actions. It's like, yeah, but. You hurt the sheriff's feelings. Now now he wants to talk about his feelings with you. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, you, you knocked that fat halfling bartender off the bar and broke his arm? Well, he's sad with you now. D&D is not a therapy group. It should be therapeutic, but not therapy, yes. Dan. Yeah. Well, no. I'm not saying it's therapy. I'm saying that there are consequences to the murder hopeless Your fucking actions. Your NPCs now okay. have personalities. They have more personalities, right? And I'm like, talk to this guy. It'll be fun. And they're like, is he... Telling it to me as I stab him slowly? No? All right, moving on. I'm like, guys, guys. So, yeah. anyways, Terry, uh, you helped because you were someone who I could bounce ideas off of. And Good. sometimes they fell completely flat, like Lockie's original accent. And other times they were fantastic. Like, yeah, I... playing Titus versus uh, Rezu on a bunch of things. Where Titus was very uh, kind of gung-ho, hero- heroic uh, knight. And Rezu was, I've done that. It didn't go well for me. I'm a little bit more reserved and pulled back. And the dynamic that our two characters had was horribly unexplored. But mm. also, uh, it was a lot of fun when it, it was a lot of fun when it was yeah. Going on. And I think about I think actually because I love the role playing side as well. Obviously, I dive you know balls first into it. But <laughs> you're tacticals. <laughs> tacticals. Uh, and I remember the thing with the accent you brought up, where you've talked about it before, where it, it was it was hard for you to try that. But because in my mind, I just go balls to the wall. I don't think about it. Even when the accent was going wrong, I was like thinking I'm like celebrating it with you. Like, ah, oh, that didn't work, did it? Like, like whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. But because you forget that for other people, it's very hard. Like, so they might be like, oh my God, I just humiliated myself. But I'm like, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to be Scottish now. You know, like, just like, <laughs> yep. I don't, so for me, it's like I'm never really making fun of people. I'm more just making fun of the situation. Yeah, yeah and, you're celebrating the ridiculousness of the scenario. Yeah, because I, I worked with a guy a few years ago. 
He's actually an idiot. Um, but he said one good thing one time, which is if you What's his name? First and last. And address, please. <laughs> he's also a fan of the podcast. Thanks yeah, for listening. His name is actually Jamie. Not our oh, good friend Jamie not, in not, Australia. No, okay, no. Not wink, now. wink, wink. Why are you winking? Not now. <laughs> not now Australian probably talks weird, Jamie. Uh, but no, uh, he, he always talked you. weird. No, no, no. But I bet he's got that almost Australian accent. Like, he's probably sounds drunks. Yeah. Um, but he said... <laughs> He said you can get away with anything if you throw enough confidence at it. And I, Dan, you're being very rude. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Adam broke me. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> John, John Adam's never allowed to come back. <laughs> just shows up. He's like, I'm kind of drunk. We're like, because Adam's usually the most prepared person ever. We were like, what? <laughs> you can't be. This is yeah, no, 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 no. You have to be the one that we anchors have this shit. You need to anchor us. Uh, but he said, if you throw enough, comp- you'll get through anything if you throw enough confidence at it. And that's kind of the way I do role playing. Is like nobody could ever say I'm stupid for doing it because I'm so confident in it that I just fucking leave. Like, um, but to say that. What's the time that everybody celebrates the most? When it's numbers. When you get that nat 20. When you get 62 points of damage. When you're rolling 12 dice. That is when the entire table explodes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, role-playing as a character for me is my favorite part, but I couldn't go without the math and the numbers because that's, that's, the, part that, uh, that's the part that excites people. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to roll next. Sure. Uh, I got the white dice. Eight. Eight. All right, Dan, I'm going to read it to you. Mailroom Slave Brad. What the hell? <laughs> Mail, that's his new title. You missed that. He's okay. Mailroom Slave Brad. So, so oh, uh, Letter Bitch no. Brad says... Mailroom Slave Brad Coffee Bitch Dave. Oh, okay. Favorite oh. official D&D setting? Dan, you get to answer first. Oh. As per the rules of initiative. Um, I have a very special place in my heart for Greyhawk um, being one of the... Uh, playing a lot in 3-5 and specifically why? out of Greyhawk um, it was Gary Gygax's like it was his world that he built um, uh, and and built out from there and a lot of the original D&D modules were written um, heavily implied if not directly put inside of Greyhawk it sounded like you said scary guy X when you said that Gary Gygax okay. um, but in recent years um <sighs> Honestly, playing in Adam's little homebrew shit. I know it's kind of pandering to the drunk guy across the table, but... Hello. Uh, the... <laughs> Wait. <coughs> Continue. The... Uh, no the we'll intro... to swallow it. <laughs> My tactical <laughs> thing. Uh, the, the amount of work Adam put in to really building this world before we got into it. Um, things like actually writing a Bible and putting a lot of depth and thought into the uh, Pantheon and how the world works and how the world's now being disrupted by the fact that magic is being forcibly injected into it through portals. Like it, it, it it's a very interesting little world and I've, I've been devouring it for three years. And now every single time I run a little one-off, I'm like, Hey Adam, can I, can I put this in your world? And he's like, fuck yes. Okay. One second. Here's a list of five places I will allow you to play with. <laughs> yeah, it will not directly affect. And the, and this is the year you can do it. Yeah, this is the year you can do it. And here's how this has to end. Um, which, I mean, is not as 
chaining as it sounds. It's usually like well, every module is like that, right? Yeah, like yeah. here's your location. That you one have thing to go has to. to get away, or or yeah. one item must be attained, or something like that, right? And but, yeah, and that's really what it is. Is hey, you you can play with this. I need mid. If there are ten thousand knolls in here, I need at least three to get away. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, I I've been really enjoying it and devouring it, and I'm kind of sad that. I haven't been able to uh, – we've been so insular with what we have been playing in with our own, like, our character problems that we haven't been able to deal with the world problems. And I want to get back to dealing with the world problems. But, yeah, that's me. Uh, me next. Yep, it's you. Wait, am I – What's your favorite world? Oh. Um, Are you drunk? Yeah, maybe. I've only had one of these – Coors Lights. Leftover from when my relatives from Alberta were Tastes here. like sparkly piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, probably, uh, I'm really uh, getting into Eberron right now. The whole steampunk thing. I didn't know too much about it, but we talked about it before, and I was like, God damn, I think I really like that. Mm-hmm. It's giving me all kinds of crazy ideas that I thought I was going to maybe put into a Call of Cthulhu campaign that now I'm like, no, we'll actually probably work better in Eberron because you can get a little bit more ridiculous with it. I um, would I would, I would, would encourage, and a lot of people do this, don't focus so heavily on just steampunk. It's also heavily clockwork as right. well, and they're, they're both of them. And I think it'd be great. It's also high adventure, though. Like, it's, yeah. it's dinosaurs on Volcano Island. Right, right, yeah. right. So all of it, that. It's very, like, 1920s, 1930s pulp. Yeah, that's feeling. exactly what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I'm ready to lean right into that. You know, I've done the Forgotten Realms now a lot. I'm ready to go to my next place. And I I'm think, done uh, with Waterdeep. I want to go to... Deep water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's right, isn't he? Uh, what's the Castle of Towers? What's that? Or the City of Towers? What's that? Sharn. Sharn, right. Right. Fucking Eberron. Okay. You, Adam? Adam? Uh, I, I like me some Dark Sun, but that's because mm-hmm. I like He-Man. I grew up on fucking He-Man, right? Like, that. that's what it is. It's it's big-ass guys with big-ass swords fighting back against, like, it's sorcerers across the wasteland, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we come back to our one little hovel that that is our civilization and everything else beyond these castle walls is dangerous and deadly and i've got big big badass friends and they're big badass enemies and then the world is a wasteland and it's what the fuck is he-man right dark sun was the closest thing what the hell even is he-man exactly it's like a Sci-fi fantasy. Next question. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I gotta say, I'm leaning really hard into Ravnica right now. Mm, really, I, I keep doing Why some Ravnica? reading. It's fucking awesome. The the amount of detail that they have put into the guilds and the city structure, and they've got new monsters and new stat blocks that do weird things, which mm. is fun. Uh, and it's just got it's just got some crazy batshit insane rules to it. Uh, and I'm a big fan of it. The only thing about it that I don't like is um, the new playable races. I don't think it needed it. Right. We didn't I, need- I, did, I, I greatly dislike medium-sized minotaurs. It's medium-sized centaurs that bother me more than anything else, yeah, I right? Guess that's like, true too. That's, that's where I draw my line. But the rest of it's fine. And if that's my only complaint, then that's fantastic. Right. So, I don't know. I also really like what they did with goblins. I like the fact that they've got an evil carnival of of ecstatic sin mm-hmm. that you just get worked into a fervor. The more blood that's shed, the more ecstasy you as an audience member feel. And that's part of the carnival worked right in. That is so deliciously dark. And yeah. 
I'm all over that shit. I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah. That, it's very Rob Zombie, isn't it? It is. It's very... Uh, it, I expect to see Ravnica uh, on an HBO series. Yeah. Right? Like, that's... And yeah. that's what I want to play with. I think that that'd be all over. I, yeah. I am looking forward to Theros coming out. Because of the Greek? Because of the Greek mythology, and I'm a massive mythology nerd. So, like, mm-hmm. the... the 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 Greek mythology, the expanded rules for div, uh, divine magics and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm on board with this. I'm really yeah, excited for that. That'd be good. I'm excited about that. Yeah. That sounds good. Right. All right, uh, well, Terry, we're, you're gonna go black again. Well, you no, can't, can't go back, it. right? Uh, what's that? Three. Literally the exact same thing you rolled last yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm very repetitive. That's a four. four. That's a four. We're moving up a little bit. Pepperina Sparkle Gem. Hi, Pepperina. Uh, what's with the egg cartons on the wall? We actually never found out. Dan said it was something to do with sound. Um, but they're not there anymore, are they? No, no. While, we, we've, we've changed our setup a bit uh, so that we're not talking directly into a wall causing a lot more echo. Yeah. So, so. so the idea is that if you have flat surfaces, especially shiny surfaces... Oh, you're legit just going to a- answer this. Yeah. All right, cool. So there was a reason. I never really, I never asked. Yeah, the, the, the flatter the surface, the more that, that sound waves will bounce back. And we were getting a little bit of weird echo on the mic. So what you need to do is create texture for the sound waves to hit and get bounced in many different directions. Egg cartons are great for that shit. So softer um, textures and uh, and things that are, are weirdly textured are, are fantastic for that. That's why we have a freaking Afghan behind the mic now that we use. But we, re- we replaced the... Um, <laughs> What? His name is Ahmed. <laughs> we don't let him leave. Uh, he's got a bunch of weird pock marks on his face. We use that to suck up sound. Oh, guys. <laughs> hey, you can't blame me. I won't even remember this. So, no, we have, we've got bookshelves, and Dan moved a bunch of stuff around in the room. And there's it looks couch. really good now, actually, this yeah. side of the room, the north side of the room. Yeah, it's so it's... Uh, we, we definitely set one side up with some future aspirations in mind, and the other side is that'll be behind the camera yeah so uh there's there's that but but no so it eats up sound better now than egg carton do so those have gone away and yeah but that's the answer i mean if you look at recording studios and whatnot they've got essentially foam versions of egg cartons yeah yeah perfect all right well that was my question that was the answer buddy oh what are we doing you have to roll rolling a dice right that's red right red Red five. I'm DMing no, Dad. I'll, I'll freaking read it. read it. Fine. All right. What number is it? Five. Five. So one after four. I can't read that. You read that. For five. But only because I told you to. <sighs> All right. So five. I love you guys. At gelatinous lub. Don't you dare. <laughs> Not now. Asks, how do you make or how do you like to make traveling love. more interesting? More interesting. I.e., setting the, the tone, one? describing surroundings. And setting up the encounters. So one more time, Gelatinous Lub asks. Sorry, Gelatinous Club asks. There there's it is. a C in there. Ooh. How how do you like to make traveling more interesting? I.e., setting the tone, describing surroundings, and setting up the encounters. I mean, everyone could tell the first time I've read that question. So well, I've got an answer for this, but Adam. Yeah, but Adam rolled the dice, so he gets yeah, to go I first. I know, Dan. I just said that, but you cut me off. Okay. Um, you're the one coming in to the fucking podcast saying, oh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, I'm just... Okay, so uh, <laughs> first and foremost, not every forest is the same. Not all forests are created equally. 
We spend a lot of our time traveling in forests, and what you need to realize is that there are rivers, there are cliffs, there are there's grassland and clearings, and there's all sorts of different things that you can do in any given forest. And when you realize that, you can create random tables of things to come upon. Not random tables of, of combat, mm-hmm. but random tables of social encounters or environmental hazards. Um, something as simple as a bridge has washed out and there's a raging river. What do you do? Yeah. Right. Random tables when they say, should we take a long rest? Roll a random table so you not, can determine where you are. Not even. I just go around the table. I say, guys, roll these this number of dice. Tell me what your total is. That's how many hours pass before you hit the next thing. Yeah. Or days, depending on how. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and that's, the other, that's the other thing, too, is whatever it is, however long they're traveling, they're going to be traveling for... You know, a hundred days or or two days or six hours, whatever it is, I divide that by eight and expecting to get eight random encounters. But then I leave a whole bunch of blanks on the table, on the random table to say, hey, nothing happened. You're fine. Yeah. Right. So there, well, it, there there are eight instances. You won't actually hit eight random encounters. Right. It's a it's a really cool uh, mental exercise for DMs who kind of have. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. The reason I said eight is because I have four players. So. Yeah, everybody gets to roll twice. Right, so that's it. So uh, the it's a really interesting mental exercise for DMs who kind of understand what their plot is, and now your players are getting from point A to point B, and you need to fill that time. It's a really great mental exercise to sit down and be like, okay, so on a you know D twenty list, we want to have three things be combat, three things be uh, exploration, three things be um, role play, and we're going to build all of those based off of. You know, what they roll, what challenge uh, rating, what their location, the geography, all that other stuff is. It's really interesting little um, mental exercise or even just an exercise for a GM to do to come up with fun and interesting ideas. And you'll often find, and this is something that I do when I ha- when I run uh, random encounters, which is how I make travel time more interesting, um, is I... Do kind of the same with Adam, where I'll let the players roll it, so they have they feel like they have a little bit more agency as well. They're like, "Oh, I rolled this, so it must be something that we're doing." Like, yep. um, but at the same time, it's also something that I have uh, put um, enough of a intriguing aspect to it, where the players could take with that thing and run with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, case in point, right now, I'm running uh, White Plume Mountain, and I've had. Two and a half full sessions, and they haven't even started page one of the module yet, because it's been getting from point A to point B, and then they got distracted by a bunch of UNT in the forest, right? So um, yeah, but the problem with that is you're derailing, and if you know that you're going to run a certain number of sessions, it's okay. So I hear what you're saying. I want to build on it, but one sec. The, the, the one thing I would say to it, it to protect against derailment, make it something that is a closed loop. It is it is a bubble of an encounter that is there. Right. No matter what, it's going to be "quote unquote" resolved within the random encounter. See, my my response to that is, it doesn't even have to be if it all leads toward the 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 goal. If you know what your plot is, if you know that everybody in red capes are the bad guys, right, and whatnot, you keep finding evidence of these red caped bandits fighting, or there are there's a there's a cape that's been nailed to a tree Mm -hmm. that says "No trespassing beyond this point," stuff like that, so that you're always building into that direction. Right. When you run across an NPC in the road that's a refugee. 
later run across their overturned cart that got, you know, destroyed by bandits. And then further back, you find their village and have each one of these quote-unquote random encounters build up to whatever it is. You're going to the kingdom to help the people, show the people needing help on the way. And you have random things that are drawn up on a table. So you're not sure what it's going to be, but it all fits the same theme and all points to the same plot. So therefore, it doesn't need to be closed. Yeah. Right? And they can get interested in it because that'll draw them into the plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my answer leans right into yours there, Adam, which is when I talk to people about travel, I you taught me this, I always get into the reason why, 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 why. Like, And people will ask, well, how do you make travel interesting? How do you do this? How do you do that? And I determined that the reason they're asking me is because they assume that it is boring or they assume that it is not the game. So basically they're saying... How do we make travel interesting while we're on the way to the game, essentially? When we're on the way to this point that I've decided will be interesting. Yeah, fuck that. You're playing the game now, You're bitches. You're playing the game now. The game is not, we start in the village, but when we get to the next town, that's when we start again. It's already happening along the way. And exactly what you just said there, Adam, there's evidence of the of the threat. There's evidence bitches. of the story. There's evidence of, there's, uh, there's red herrings along the way. There's evidence of what a story arc that could be. You know, you may come across it. Evidence of angels, for example, along the way. That's not related to what you're talking about, but it could be um, because that is the game. And so the question here is with regards to like setting and surroundings and things like that. Same the way that you would describe all of that when you get to the town or wherever you're heading to, which you think is the interesting part of the game. The travel is the interesting part of the game. It just gets forgotten and overlooked. And it usually comes back to a DM's preferences of they've decided that it's not interesting. Only their thing is interesting. Red one. Red Nine. one. My turn to read. What what number do we get? Nine. We did that already. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> aggressive. Sixteen, Sixteen red. Sixteen red. We didn't do that one yet. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> Pepperina sparkled. Ooh, another pep. She gave us a bunch of questions. I tried to sprinkle them around, uh, but we're just going to keep running into them, apparently. Uh, you you peps? say you like lightly peppered them throughout the... <laughs> peps says... Changelings are gender fluid and become any medium humanoid race, Mm. meaning they can grow various appendages and things like tails to become tabaxi. Or I guess a penis. That was me, not Peps. Well, it's probably Peps. It was probably Peps. If a changeling were to lose something like an ear or a hand, could they grow it back? Would they only be missing it in, in the persona it got cut off in or in all personas? Uh, and is it, well, to further that question, is it limited to that? Like, could I, if my left ear gets chopped off, could I instead remove my dick to bring the ear back? Not that they're of equal size, Dan. I mean, I've called you Bell in for a while, but I mean, I That's guess that... very British. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I would say uh, changelings have a kind of undead reptilian feel to them in my in my opinion so like the idea of them regrowing limbs is not too I like bizarre it. to me I, yeah i think you should be able i think changelings i think you can grow it your appendage back but you just get slightly shorter or, or, or like, but, like, by like, the end of it you can only be halflings yeah, like, or, or there's, or <laughs> there's overall just a, masses taken away or there's just like a refractory period where yeah, like just you, you, skinnier. yeah for for two weeks you now can't grow that one aspect of your character until you had a chance to heal it naturally. Of course, a restoration spell would probably speed that up or something. A less restoration would speed up that clock, but... I don't like it. I, I Specifically for changelings. I don't I, like I it. I would give it to them. Because it 
Otherwise, it gets too messy in my mind. No, nah, yeah. I just no. say make sure you can grow it back, but you're a little bit smaller. Because if you lose a leg, Adam's right. You can only be athletes or gnomes or something, cobalt. Okay, so I, I, I got I an answer. Here's my answer. Yes, you, you grow it back technically. But just like a tabaxi's tail, if a changeling grows a tabaxi's tail, do they know all of the body language that comes with the tabaxi's tail? No, right? Tails are used for a lot of communication. They move in specific ways and whatnot. Um, so I would say that, sure, you lose a hand, you can grow it back. It doesn't have bones in it. It looks like a hand. That is the changeling factor here. You can pass a test, but if you've got to climb with that hand, you've got disadvantage. It is a... It's numb, right? And there are... There's cartilage, not bone, right? And it's easily broken again. Enough yeah. to hold, like, a glass of wine, but you're definitely not climbing a thing. Exactly, so... Or punching a dude in the face. So I would... I would If you're choosing Changeling, it's because you want the role play, so I'm going to reward you and let you have it back. Yeah. However, if you've lost a hand, that means that you done fucked up <laughs> because that's not even in the regular rules, right? So that's something we're homebrewing anyway. So I want you to feel that punishment so there will be disadvantage on some things. You dipped your hand into the lava to get the MacGuffin to pull it out. Yeah. 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 All right, Terry, you're next. All right. Oh, splendid. Yeah. And red. This red tail's getting loaded. Four. Four. We did, no. Another, is that it's another pepperina? Oh pepperina, yeah, man, that's crazy. Hey, honestly, guys, I've looked around. She doesn't have that many on here, so it's uh, pretty incredible. What is the one thing from a previous edition you wish 5e had? I started with 5e, so I don't know. Next. Oh, uh, thing that I wish that it had? Um, uh, what are they called? Level advancement. That's two shit quick answers I've had in a row. It's fine. Level advancement okay. for, for monster races. Um, I... All right, so what this was in previous editions was you could play a Minotaur or a Centaur or an Orc or whatever, but they're inherently more powerful than a human, an Elf, or a Dwarf, so you can start playing them, but you are technically level 2 or 3 mm. or whatever. So they would get a couple of levels in classes to catch up with, with your power. So if you, if you wanted to start like a level 5 campaign and Dan wanted to be an Orc, that means that you and I each get 5 levels... Dan only gets four mm. because he chose Orc. Yeah. I think that would solve a lot of the problems with this, with the races that we're having in 5e because there's a lot of just kind of imbalanced bullshit going on mm -hmm. with them. Um, there's nothing that is suffering from power creep as much as the races. So, uh, speaking of suffering from power creep, um, me as someone who's played 3 5 for as long as I did, um, I would like, and Adam's going to rally against this one, uh, I would like prestige classes back. Oh, fuck off. Um, uh, the work your way into a narrative reason why you could get into this one special class that has requirements. Bullshit. That helps you be more specialized in one way. I really liked them. Um, Bullshit. Um, Adam clearly didn't. Now. It's because you said there's a narrative reason, and there wasn't a narrative reason. It was a mechanical reason uh, yeah. every fucking time. But there, no one was role-playing it properly. But with D&D &D 5e being a more narrative-based system, I think prestige classes could still work in the current system as long as they made sense. Maybe didn't roll out the exact same way, but a little 10-level class that you could take before you go back to your base class. You've got multi-classing in there. There's no reason why you can't. So I, I, I would like to see... Um, 
prestige classes, um, and there's one more thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll meet you part way. Okay, I don't like prestige classes. But what about, you know how you get a background, right? And then you choose Urchin or whatever, and that's your background. And then you play for like 10 fucking levels, and you've gone six years in game order. You're not an Urchin anymore. Maybe you should get prestige backgrounds, or you can yeah. work up into different backgrounds to get additional or, skills or, just or make, languages or, just or whatever. Or just make backgrounds more fucking important in the game. Uh, yeah, I think. Because they're, they're or, not. Or they could evolve somehow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not thinking this really logically all the way through, but I, I feel like the answer's in background and not prestige classes. Yep. To get no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and then as a spiritual successor to uh, 3.5, I would love to have the combat maneuver rule set from Pathfinder put in. Um, boo. I know Adam yeah boo, boo again but it, it, it made uh, so what was involved with that it Briefly, was a, it was a single stat uh, or defense it was basically another AC that you can use specifically for things that they call combat maneuvers which are like your grapples your bull rushes your um, your trips your disarms things like that there is no hard and fast disarm rule um, unless you're playing a Battlemaster, mm. right? I'm pretty sure there is. Um, I, I think it's just counter athletics rules. No, it's athletics. It's usually athletics versus, versus athletics at, on an acrobatics, or acrobatics, right? But I think that you don't need to do. Here's here's what I would say. I would say again, we don't need an additional number that needs to be tracked. Put it on the skill chart. Uh I, I I would say this is a. Uh, Probably another save chart or something like another save, uh, like base saving throw or something as well. Well, right? I, like I, I, I want to see. How about this? I want to see more combat maneuvers blank. I don't care how they do it, but I want to see more people around the table go. Oh, I want to trip that dude. Or I want to. Why are we him. not trying to disarm the wizard from his staff? You know, yeah, right. Well, uh, that, that's that's the thing where I have fucked up my parties more times than I can count by picking you up, walking to you a ledge. And, and, and let him go. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's it. And I can do that with grapple. There's nothing else to it. So I hear what you're saying that you would want. Like maybe maybe an opposing strength check for every five feet moved or something. But then if you have a giant moving a gnome, like you have it, you know, they're rolling for the 40 feet the giant moves the gnome. I mean, the gnome's going to have a disadvantage because the size different. Sure. Like there, I want to see a system in place that makes sense is not unbalancing. Right. But that, that's my answer to that one. Yeah, I mean, it is a weak point in 5th in edition. I still think that you could probably clean it up with, with skills. Um, skill versus AC. You do your, your you pump ranks into, you, you put your proficiency into being able to disarm someone. I think the proficiency mechanic exists, and we should use it towards that. Yeah, no, and I'm, so, okay, I'm with you. So I would say strength or dex, because your AC is dex and armor-based anyway, yeah. right? So your your dex is worked into it. So if I want to disarm you, then I've got to beat your dexterity and how how armored you are, right? With a athletics and acrobatics, sleight of hand maybe for a disarm. Maybe just right? some extra things on the character sheet. You know how you choose skills, just lean away yeah. and skills. Okay, you get choose two skills, choose whatever, and you choose one combat maneuver that you are proficient in. Right, the same way that you would pick um, uh, kits. Right. Right, which will be beneficial in only some scenarios with this specific skill. Yeah. So I think the answer lies in there, but I don't have the specifics. Yeah. And I, I just have one more thing to add in, is if, we have, if we're injecting new mechanics and stuff in, um, I want to see something else done with hit dice. 
I yes. want to see hit dice utilized in another way other than, okay, you spend a meta short rest and get them back at a long rest. Done. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you get half back at a long rest. We just hand wave that at yeah. the table. But, like, I, I want to see something like that actually utilized in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Either as inspiration or, or whatnot. I've read other ways. I don't care, but I want to, I want a hard and fast rule. So, okay. That's me. Um, I Oh, I wrote that question. It's your turn, Terry. Oh, it's me? Oh. Goodness, white... <clears throat> I'll read this one for you, buddy. 17, please, Dan. At Bonavier... You sure? No. Uh, this is this is our Italian listener. Bonavier Danielle... Hello. ...asks, What's your opinion on a PC infiltrate? Someone who... Or infiltrate... Oh, Danielle. <laughs> someone who actively works inside the group to forward the objectives of the big bad evil guy or of somebody else... Who uh, are not the PCs, as in a doppelganger, changeling, intellect devourer, and such. What is but that? Also, <laughs> a classic spy, by or loyal to someone else. So, how do you feel uh, about having uh, a double agent in your party? Yep. Basically, this, this says Bona via Danielle, of which I have. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> Bona via Danielle. But it's Italian. That could be a dude's name. Danielle oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, when in Rome. When in Rome, Dad. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Because Rome's in Italy. That's the one. Yeah. Right. And, Anyways. And so, and, and to the question, Terry. Infiltrators. Yeah, look. Just do it right and do it well. Um, and just make sure that you're... This is a very quick way to piss off your players. Uh-huh. If they feel yeah. like you're being unfair with it. You know, um, so if say if you're doing an NPC or even PC, if the, for some reason someone's like, hey, this doesn't seem right, give me an insight check. They don't automatically know nothing because it's part of your plot. Because later on, they'll be like, fuck that. They may be like, yeah, he is acting suspicious or he's tapping his hand a little bit more than he did. Or it was clear when he was tugging on your shirt that he did not want you to go into that room that you'd all decided previously that you wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got to play fair with it. Um, if so how do you do that if one of the other players at the table is that guy? That is what stats are for. That is what, what your your abilities are. Insight versus perception. Or insight versus investigation. Yep. Or deception. Or whatever it is that, they're, that you're using. Whatever skills. They're there. They exist. Roll off. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you're going to have this, uh, this PC infiltrator, it needs to be somebody experienced... Who the DM can trust because if we're rolling off Dan and you're the infiltrator, it's going to be too obvious if the DM starts describing how you're acting. It's up to you if I roll the 14 or whatever, 17, let's say I roll fairly high to decide how much information you give me. And you yeah. need to be fair and accurate with it. So uh, I think it can be done, but you got to be careful with it. I think it'd be very fun as well. Yeah, I'm talking specifically PCs here. NPCs, it's easy enough, right? The yeah, it, controlling it, it. it's definitely not something you let a new player do. Um, unless the entire party is new players. Because new then... players, typically, the p- new players have to learn the etiquette and the expectations of the game. They may go in the adversarial, or they may think, my job is to trip you up. And so it doesn't matter if you roll 22 on Insight. I'm not telling you, dude, because that I'm not supposed to, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it needs to be an experienced, fair player that uh, not only the DM can trust, everybody could trust if they knew what they were doing. 
Um, as as for like uh, tips for how to do this, if it's an NPC, um, I, I only really have two of them. Slow roll it. Um, have that character build trust over time before you start hinting that they're a double agent. Mm. Um, if you start hinting way too early, your party will jump on it and there goes that plot thread for you. Yeah. Right? So I would definitely have it uh, be slow rolled that way. And then the second thing I would suggest is do it once in a yeah. campaign. Don't yeah. do it twice or more. That's- because if you do it once and the party finds out... They are now going to be looking at every single person with. Oh, a the sign. paranoia is huge. The paranoia will yeah. shoot through the roof. The so way do I did it once. when uh, when I did it in Strahd uh, with an NPC is I had the NPC act like he didn't trust the players, and he was like, "No, I want to get away from you guys. Fuck you guys." It's right when you guys fought the zombie horde going up the mountain. Yep. You guys met, I think, a gnome or halfling or something. Fucking gnomes. And he was, and he was like, "No, I don't trust you. I'm trying to get away." And they were trying to catch up. Then by the end of it, the party was like, "No, come on, dude, we're your friends. You can trust us. Everything's good." Then eventually, he was like, "All right, fucking fine." (laughs) And obviously, he was strad. But the the way I did it is just flipped it. Cool. Yeah. Look, you've been on both sides of this coin. I have. I have been the infiltrator in one of Dan's campaigns. It was a lot of fun. Although I think that that. Nobody, nobody in that group will ever trust me as a player again, <laughs> and and that's that's what you have to worry about. Um, is yeah, it, even if it's not the same campaign. If it's yeah, <laughs> I, if you come back with a, with another character, you need to have a different DM, right, for them to trust you again, and that's that's all it comes down to, right? People, the paranoia is through the roof, and that's all it is. I'm going to say that if you want to include someone that is going to infiltrate and betray the party, and I'm all for it. Do not have that person be the first NPC they run into and befriend. Because if they do, every NPC after that will get... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you, you will turn them into murder hobos. Yeah. You will turn them into thieves if you do this. Mm-hmm. Right? If you have a long campaign that runs 20 levels, you can introduce uh, an NPC level 8 and have them betray them at level 10. It's a plot point. But if it's that friend from the very beginning... You had better have that be the thing that happens in the last session, right? The long con, the the full game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and sorry. And the other thing I would I would say is you'd also better establish in your world the idea of unreliable NPCs, NPCs with bad ideas, mm-hmm. or that have selfish motivations. Um, and I do that with Dan all the time. You still, we have one session left to go in the campaign. Are the hags on your side or not? Oh, no, they're not. Aren't they? No. Didn't they set you up to succeed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how very how very fey of them to do this. So, uh, yeah. but, but that's just it. Like, I have been playing the, the are they good, are they bad, over and over and over again. Uh, and that's, I like the, the uh, infiltrate, as we'll call it. Um, How's Morgan? Just ask him. Powerful, pretty good, very powerful. Um, and uh, and no, I, I would keep the infiltrate. I like playing them as a higher power that that you cannot fuck with as the party, mm-hmm. right? So that you are always like, oh god, is a warlock patron's is a warlock's patron good or bad? Yeah, right. Do do we really know? Because it's an arch fey. Yeah. Oh fuck! I don't know, man. It could go either way. Yeah. Right. So that's I don't know. That's. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on what you said real quick, guys, because a lot of this it's new DMs that maybe make this mistake. They have all these ideas, all these things they can do. Ah, this shopkeeper can backstab them later on, even though they met me the first time. Some NPCs are just, some shopkeeps, guys, 
are just shopkeeps. Their name's Gareth. They've been in love with the same girl since they were 12 years old. They have no interest in ever leaving the town. She's banging Gareth's dad, though. She's definitely banging Gareth's dad. But Gareth can just be Gareth. He doesn't need to be Gareth He's the kind secret. of sad Gareth. But. <laughs> but he doesn't have to be Gareth the secret vampire, does he? No, but he is putting a hit out on his dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not hitting his girl, is he, Dan? Nope. Next question. Red. 11. 11. I'm going to read my own thing. How dare you? Nick dot underscore dot long asks, fight to the death between the three of you. Who's winning and how? Oh, see? Here we go. Now, whether if it was going to be brute strength and force, Dan is going to beat me in this. You think so? I think so, yeah. You, you are, your muscles are more trained than mine. It depends on how big the room is. It's, Terry's going to be faster, Dan, and I can't run. That's just true. true. And I will, I will leg kick your knees so fast you won't know what day of the week it is. So I need to, I need to control the distance. Uh, but it's just the fact that it's just a, you know what? But you got all that, you got was, all that lovely hair was, to grab and exactly. just pull you around. And it's not tied back right now. No. But if there was weight classes, you're going to be weirdly turned on. <laughs> Um, and Adam just gets weirdly turned on at the most inappropriate moments. But I'm also, with this type of stuff, just even d and I'm just the dirtiest fighter ever. And so I will, if it was Terry, to Terry will straight up tickle your taint in a fight. Well, I'll stab this pencil into oh, your trachea. my tacticals. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stab this pencil into your trachea and I'll go for your knees immediately. But that's because I don't know how to fight. And so I'll, I'll, I, I, would, I would argue that stabbing a pencil into someone's trachea and going for their knees... Is a method to fight, and thus you know how to fight. Mm. Now I've I've done some martial arts, but that's just because I'm a nerd and thought that doing karate in high school would be cool. Not karate. Choose a better one. I, I went with karate. <laughs> that should speak very, very, very highly of my um, uh, fighting skills. I never got into very many fights. So um, Adams. Easily unhinged. Adam's drunk, so right thus now, so unpredictable. Adam's not gonna feel pain. Right so now. thus unpredictable. I honestly, in a fight to the death, um, I say I go down first. Terry goes down second. I, that's hot. I don't know, man. I like, don't know, I, Dan, because it depends on the reasons, man. Because I think you're gonna pull out that. I, I think you're gonna pull out that I, giant strength, too. I, 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 and I'll be honest, you guys have both in the in physicality. You guys will. You guys have outclassed me on that. The question is, will I get the opportunity to talk? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because if I can talk, I will throw you off your guard. Yeah. And then suddenly, because Dan, if the two of us team up together, we can take Terry. <laughs> yeah, the second you try everything to... everything is fucked. Yeah, yeah, see, the second you try to pull that crap, I'm like, hell no, because then it'll just right, be me right, and you. Right, right, right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah, but Terry, you see what he's doing? <laughs> I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> you don't... So, that's the thing. So, really, but any even, one of us can win. But even what Adam's saying is only... He, if he just gives me two seconds to take my attention off him to focus on whether or not it would be a good idea, he can stab me in the neck with the pencil, which is between us. <laughs> but but right I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would let you take out Dan, and then I would ask you about your father, and I would let you... <laughs> Jam it through your own fucking eye socket. The point just is, by just by having a therapy session in this room right now, especially with the position I'm in, where you two are both blocking the exits, and I there's I, a very I, tiny window. I can't you. get out without going past either one of you. I'm at a significant disadvantage. I there's would, also two knives within reach of me. Right I would now, have so. to turn it into a cardio battle, and if it was, we were forced to fight to the death. I would just go zombie land, and I would run continuously around a parking lot until you two couldn't run anymore, <laughs> and then I would stab you both. And yeah, so that's but my, we're not that's zombies. The, we're not just going to chase you around gonna, in circles. I'm not going to win 
off skill, is my point. Okay. I'm not going to win off skill. You're going to win off fitness. I'm going to win off brutality. And Adam's going to win off wit. Yeah, that's basically how we live our lives. All right, so. cool. Yeah. No, we all lean into our strengths. I like it. All right. Oh, hey, my turn. Um, I'm going to go with the um, never, well, the rarely rolled black one. What do we got here? A uh, five. Oh, hey, we didn't get that one. Read that one, Terry, you son of a bitch. Gara Kelly 202. Damn it. Suck, <laughs> Kelly. Um, what's the best way to stay motivated and focused on working on a campaign? Oh, I am the wrong person to ask this fucking question. Uh, well, I'll go first. Well, uh, here's here's what I'll say. If you have, <laughs> I won't. If you have multiple <laughs> campaigns, you're not gonna go first. <laughs> if you have multiple campaigns, have them all do the same thing. So you're planning like one session? Wrong. <laughs> well, I've done it. Uh, I know, and it's oh, messy. Dad, that, I was, you can't stay motivated. You do the same thing all the time. No, I, honestly, it's it's. It, it's all about scheduling your time well, which I don't do well. I have a lot of things which I put above myself in my day-to-day grind, a.k.a. wife and children. Hmm. So uh, I let them know that you call them a grind. Uh, they would acknowledge and accept. I'm going to go. I'm going to say, bye, Shanna. Dan said something about grinding. Bye. <laughs> oh, this is the grind house. I'm sorry. Where haven't we done it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> Victory for Dan. Okay. Uh, well, Dan dies. Anyways, first. so I I'm honestly the wrong person to ask this. I struggle with motivation daily. So and like I I'll I'll, I'll I I had to tell a person on Instagram this the other day where it's like, look into things that you find inspiring, something that is D and D adjacent in terms of media you could read or watch or listen to, and straight up pilfer pirate those ideas. Yeah. Well, I'll say because it's what's the best way to stay motivated and, fo- and focused, which implies to me that Kelly, what's up, Kelly? Methamphetamines. Uh, is, is, is losing focus and motivation. This is the problem that nerds have, is nerds, we nerd out. We burn out. We go tunnel vision, balls to the wall. That's all we can think about. Oh, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. You How talk about balls a lot. I do talk about balls a lot. It continue. What it's I think projecting. Is, is D&D needs to be something that you look forward to. It needs to be something which you're excited to get to. If you let it consume you too much, you get burnt out and you get tired if you're taking on too much. Um, so I think you need to schedule your time in that this is my two hours to do my DM prep before I get to my next scheduled thing in the day. Okay? I schedule this Wednesday night with you guys most of the time. I schedule this because I look forward to that in my week. What I don't like is when we sit here for nine hours and do this. Right? So, and that I think is what this person is saying, is how do I stay motivated? Look forward to it and do it less, in all honesty. And if you're not running a campaign that you enjoy, don't run that fucking campaign anymore. Because why are you doing something you don't enjoy? Dan, what did you think of that answer? Um, I, there are a couple of key points I'd be like, eh. Um, <laughs> Which was, do it less. Well, uh, <laughs> manageable. Church. No, I, I, I am actually, I am, I am on board with the idea. If, if it is overwhelming the amount of work you want to put into doing a campaign right, then do that campaign less. Go to every other week. It's not that big of a deal. It's like when you have too many threesomes. After a while, you just get sick of it. I combine I, them and have a sixome. I, I, I think that is a false statement, and that's called an orgy. The, my math is dude, wrong. My math is wrong. You're in both. So dude, be a disaster this now. It's super easy. I'll I don't want to know about your... 841. I'll have you in a threesome by 916. I tell no, you. No, no. Yeah, I'll have you in a threesome by 842, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's only three of us in the room. Which means <laughs> it's going to be a grind. 
yucky. The other thing I would say is um, to everyone goes through writer's block. Everyone goes through times when there's going to be a little bit of struggle in creating. Not Ed Sheeran. He just rips off other people's songs. I mean, there is something honorable to trying to work through until you get that spark back. Yeah. Don't just pull the rug out or rip the Band-Aid off because you're not feeling it this week. Give it a couple weeks before you approach your players and say, guys, does someone want to take this over? And if no one wants to take it over, okay, guys, does somebody want to run their own thing? Because mm-hmm. I'm done, right? Give it some time because there have been times in my DMing career where I have been super excited for a campaign that my players did something fucking infuriating and I was just like no I'm done I'm done I don't want to deal with these assholes anymore I'm just done um, and my motivation to prep anything just dropped off a cliff but I was the DM and everyone's coming over to my house on Friday so alright well I guess I'll put together a fucking bunch of random encounters I, I just, yeah go, go ahead um, and I gave it a couple more weeks and then the fire the spark reignited and I got excited about the campaign again if you're hitting that dry season, just give it a little bit of time. Go through the motions. Have some discipline about it mm-hmm. in your prep times and everything else. And then hopefully you get back to it. And if not, you've then given it the time you need to come to the decision honorably. Guys, I, I can't keep going. And that's all right as well. That's a thing to, to highlight is that, you know, we get interesting things. We want to try things. But you may be DMing a campaign after a while. You're like, you know what? This just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Some people are players. Some people are DMs. Adam is a DM, never gets to be a player. When he does, he's not allowed to be a player anymore because he breaks it. That's, that's the thing I do. Because <laughs> you, you ruin D&D, don't you, Adam? Oh, you wait until you wait until the next time I get to be a player. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, you need to answer the question. My answer is very, very simple. And, and understand that I DM a minimum of 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Usually it pushes 13. Additionally, on top of that, we've got this campaign builder series that we're running. So I'm always thinking about prep and shit for that. I'm also working on podcast related things. And I do occasional stuff, um, uh, one-on-one DMing with with my girlfriend as well. So I can spend 20, 30 hours a week prepping. And it just simply comes down to this. I love my players. I love the people around the table. And when I'm not feeling motivated, I just have to think about them. And that's it. And it doesn't have to be everyone around the table. It can be one person around one of the tables. It can be one person who's listening to the podcast that I'm really getting along with. That will motivate me right there to try to provide the ability for entertainment. It doesn't have to be laughs and giggles and fun times, but it it is a positive social interaction. Yeah. And that's it. If I know if, if I know that I am unmotivated this week and and I'm playing a game with, with the two of you, I'm going to prep shit that's going to make Terry interested and that's going to blow Dan's socks off with some sort of twist. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to... Probably I, the same thing, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know that I'm going to have an interesting combat encounter that is going to seem like all hope is lost. And then you guys will remember the blank whatever or yeah. reinforcements will show up. But it'll be epic. I don't need to put any more thought into it than that. I don't need to re-motivate myself for it. I burn out. I really freaking do. And part of the reason why Dan is going to be DMing me for like five months coming up here is because I need to recharge my batteries. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm also going to be doing the next Call of Cthulhu thing, so I'm prepping that shit. And we've got another couple of projects on the on the back burner, and I'm trying to get more involved in the social media thing. So there is no time off, but it's okay because I love to do it. Yeah. And it's not because of the activity. The hobby is great, and I love creating. But when the creativity is not enough, I think about the people that I work with and play with on a week-to-week basis. That's enough reason for me. Hmm. Well said. I love it. That was remarkably deep. At that level of drunk right now. I was now. just going to say, wow. it was that level of drunk. Next, you will be yelling, throwing things, <laughs> maybe complaining about the Mexicans. And then and then, <laughs> and then, it will be slurring and there will be a bodily fluid of some sort. <laughs> All right. So I will roll on a random table for that. Great. We might get lucky. It's only mucus. So let's, let's, let's hasten this along. Grab a dice and roll it, Adam. Oh, no, was that? I thought I did that. No, it's my turn. I'm going to pick the black one. The black oh. one. What did I get? A three. three. Boom. We got it. it. This one sucks. It hasn't rolled above a five all fucking night. 17. 17. There we go. Spooky underscore make. Make, I guess. Asks, do you have any stories of dealing with bad DMs? Ugh, ugh. I guess me. Dad, you guys are both DM'd me. Yeah. <laughs> this, why does this game have to have? You've DM'd us as well. <laughs> okay, all right. No, the worst DM that I ever had was... Um, please don't say me. Please don't say me. Please don't say me. No, it, it, it's not you. The worst DM that I ever had, uh, and I'm not going to call him out by name, he was more interested in the mechanics and the possibility of what could be done in D&D mm. that he was not paying attention to what was happening in front of him. He had an incredibly large group playing Theater of the Mind. There was a, a battle map up on the wall. But I spent more time on cigarette breaks talking about how I can min-max my character over the next three or four levels than I did playing my fucking character. Right. That's not DMing. That's theory crafting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I like it. That's great. But that's what Reddit boards are for, right? right? That's what forums are for. This is what Discord is about. I don't need this. I don't need that in my in my daily. And I think some people do. But that's not DMing. Right. Be very clear. If you are spending your time saying, if you are coaching players on how to play their character, you're a fuck off shit DM. Fuck you and fuck your mom. We've reached the next level of drunk. I yeah, thought it was yeah. going to be the Mexicans. It's bad DMs. <laughs> there we are. That's my answer. Stop. Stop playing other people's games. God. Yeah, I'm done. Fuck. I'm That's gonna... gonna be a soundbite just in itself. Yeah. Just we need a soundboard to just hit sometimes, Dan. No, I. I Can you add that I've, to your I've been looking. For, I've been looking into actually having something like that. We absolutely. Need we that. have to have things like me coughing and uh, uh, and that one. Megan sure. burping. Write this down of what the timestamp yeah. for this. David week. smacking his lips. Like we we we've been. There's a couple things we need to put in there. I mean, well, look, for me, I haven't I haven't had too many DMs, so I haven't really had any bad DMs. If it DMs well, a different, yeah, I mean, you're Call of Cthulhu. That's the first time you DM'd me. Yeah, phenomenal. Adam's game I was in for a long time, and it's it, it really two two games I've been in the, the Adam's run. So I guess the only bad DM I can say was the d- DM that forced me to DM by just dropping me in it with like oh, a week's notice. Shit. So I didn't actually get to play the game. He just fucking bailed on me, and then I was that guy wasn't even doing... a tool, man. He was like a fucking handle of a tool that broke. There's <laughs> a fucking. Uh, but that's really it. So I don't have any. Um, I don't, I've, I don't really have any bad DM stories. I'm um, fortunate in that. I, I have been playing this game long enough where I've had several bad DMs. Um, and All of them named? And some of them have been... I'm, I'm dodging that question because I know some of them listen. Um, 
So now all of the people have DM'd down and going, is it me? Is yeah, it me? yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it me? It's you, Brian, you motherfucker. <laughs> I actually have been DM'd by a guy named Brian. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't hey, think he listens to the lottery. Anyways, Brian with a Y? Uh, I. It was with an I. Brian, you can stay. Sit back down. Yeah. So, uh, uh, probably the worst ones I've had in that list are the guys who are um, doing one of two things. They're either trying to force their politics on the party. Ugh, I fucking hate that. Um, I mean, I get it. You have opinions. Dungeons and Dragons is not the place. It, it Dungeons and Dragons is a safe place. So uh, if, if you are struggling with some things and you need to escape, it's a great thing for that. It is not the place to proselytize. Right. Um, I've also had DMs that are, this is my story. I've had the, this is my story. Oh, we're DMs. listening to them, uh, their audiobook, Yeah. Their novel. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, any character who stepped even a modicum out of line and showed a ounce of free will was instantly either arrested, thrown in prison or murdered on the spot. <laughs> I've, I've had DMs that, uh, have killed my character's inexplicably because they just didn't like my character i guess or how i was playing them mm-hmm. um with a uh, cow thrown by a hell giant or a tree falling um and landing on me and it's not the tree landing on me that killed my character it's the puddle that i was face down in that i drowned in like i've had these dms did it make a sound what when the tree fell in the forest yeah i was there yes did it sound like oh, blah, blah, blah. uh well the the resonance i guess could have been yes but anyways, so I mean, I've 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 had bad DMs, um, but I've also had some fantastic DMs who have really engineered. Nobody cares. It was about bad. It was about it bad, was bad DMs. Fine. Dad. Fine. I was about to fucking compliment both of you. So I mean, fucking yeah, yeah, we don't need it. We know we're good. All right, goes, um, I'm gonna go with uh, white dice. Six. Six. Uh, mailroom slave Brad. Fuck. Who's your favorite co-host you've had on the show, Dave or Megan? <laughs> that's that's an intelligent question, Brad. Um, I'd like to have more people on the show. I would, even if it's just the three of us and them. Um, but uh, we. Oh yes, yeah, no, no, I, no, yeah. Um, wow, what were the fuck was that? <laughs> yes, yes, no, 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 yes, <laughs> no. That's called, that's, that was super Canada. That's damn flirting that right there. Uh, that's why I got married. Uh, so. Right on, yeah. uh, my favorite co-host we've had on, um, Dave put in a lot of the work and prepped. Um, Brad did as well. I mean, it was unfortunate that one time we had Brad on and we had just a fuck ton of mic issues. So it, it didn't come off to everyone else who listened as a great experience. But I know I had fun when we recorded it. Um, and uh, I, I, I just I get along very well with Megan. So... Honestly, I I love the new DMs. Um, Megan's a natural, isn't she? She she is, but she yeah. she's got she's dipped her toe into the content creator uh, pool before. Mm-hmm. She streams. Yeah, um, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> is that like uh, that sounds like a P-Sex thing. I I I honestly I. I, no, I, both of you have talked to me about P-Sex today. Yeah, yeah Dad, Dad did it earlier. It was yeah, weird. We did. Would you do it if the no. person was well hydrated? The answer is no. No, when it just comes out with No, the water. answer is straight up if no. If it was on them and no, not you. No, the if answer like is 110% just look like, no. Just look like mineral no, water. No, that is me getting up and walking away. That's 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 what that is. Oh, you're not able to get up here. You're bound on your own furniture. It's hard to do it with an erection anyway. That's what they don't understand. Um, 
I am thoroughly grossed out by this entire conversation. I'm putting a just fucking say, into it. I was about to say, I authentically missed having you here. Just but water. then you got into peace sex. It's just and warm I'm just, water. No, no, it's not, Terry. <laughs> so I was going to say, I authentically missed you while, during your little vacation that you had. But now you've started talking about peace sex again. So uh, I like Adam. Terry's the well, fucking one I hate the most. Well, well, well. <laughs> no, no, no. You got to answer the question. Oh, I mean, I love all of these guys. Maybe I shouldn't say I love Brad. Just yet. I've only met him once. Brad was great. <laughs> guys, 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 you're doing it wrong. They tore you to shreds on the last mailbag episode. Dave was nice to me, actually. Okay. It wasn't too bad. When I saw Dave after, I was like, all right. Um, but I'm going to be the bigger man. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to say, I've never, not that I've ever had a bad time with Dave, but I've just done it more with Megan, and I've never had a bad That's your sound time. <laughs> Whenever I've been with Megan, it's been nothing short of spectacular. That's in, that, that's it, that, yeah. in, bang, let's go. Everybody knows what they're doing. It's clean. It's quick. It's efficient. And we're up and we're out of there within two hours. And that's the way I like it. And that's what I like it for. Not a hugger. Not a hugger. But that's all right. That's not what I'm there for. She, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the answer is Megan because she won the fuck, Mary kill. What was that? I'll go back and listen to the other one, Megan, because she won the fuck Mary What's the other one? The other mailbag? I didn't hear that part. No, it's the one that you got torn to shred. Torn to shreds. I listened to the whole thing. No, no, no. That one's after the credits. After the credits, there's a fuck Mary kill. Is there really? Oh, yeah. I just got to the end of the episode, and then I just left, like, turned my car off or whatever. Nope, Nope. there's there's a whole bunch more after the credits, Terry. Let me download this before I go home. (laughs) My car just. Uh, you might you might want to listen to it in the morning when you have some time to process. You definitely do. Uh, you'll be as drunk as I am by the end of the night. Oh god! All right, my turn. Yep. Should I do black or red? Oh, yeah. You do you, black. man. I believe in you, Terry. Thanks, man. It's a seventeen on the black. Seventeen. I got that last time. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, nice dice, baby. Love it. Nice dice, baby. You win my favorite Instagram handle so far because some of these are fucking wank. So well done. You win. Um, what's the best fight you've ever seen? Uh, I once saw two girls fight at school and it was nothing short of vicious and they were both on the field hockey team and so they had those like curved hockey sticks you know, yep. that kind of like come back. And one bird just fucking went at the other one, like slashing. You just got super British. One girl went at the other one, straight to like the side of the You said the word other. Like it wasn't other, it was other. Went straight to the (laughs) other one. The other? Straight to the other one. (laughs) Straight to the other one. Straight to the calf. So she dropped down on her knees, grabbed her hair, fucking. They always go for the hair. And I'm conscious of that because i got long hair now. Ripped it back. And because, I think because she knew she couldn't punch that hard, she just fucking elbow smashed her in the jaw. And... Obviously, everyone knows you never break up a girl fight ever, but I fucking... I didn't want to come between them, to be honest. It was a, it were absolutely savage on top of it. It wasn't much of a fight. It was just the one girl beating shit out of the other one. And she was smaller than the other one, which I was surprised. Yeah, they were, I was 16. It was outside Mr. Richardson's physics class. It was the fucking best thing I've ever seen in my life. I saw a video of a lion fighting a uh, um, mongoose. That was a good fight. A lion fighting a mongoose? Yeah, the mongoose one. How the fuck can a mongoose beat a lion? Because it's a fucking mongoose. A mongoose would be fucking... They're vicious, man. Isn't that, a mongoose like a little weasel thing? Yep. That fights snakes? It's, yep. not, it's not quite that little, though. It, it's, it's very closely related to, like, a badger. 
But yes. And it beat a lion. It straight up a destroyed. A pound lion. Several lions, in fact. So, I, yeah. No, the, I'm going to YouTube this afterwards. Yeah, well, you're just, no, you, no, you no, see no, the lions no, like no, walk no, up no. to you and go, hey, what's this little thing? And then it's like, oh, no. No, 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 no. And it's no. You ever seen a cat that goes to pounce on something and then the thing turns around and the cat just like sketches out and runs the phone? Oh, and they just do like the weird dance. Yeah, that's what I assume is happening with the lions. The lions just kept getting close to bad at it, but the mongoose was not playing games. Yeah. It is here to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. And the lion's like, but what are you? The the mongoose (laughs) is from Boston. He's not going to back down no matter what. Yeah. Oh, me. Uh,. Hang on, the, did they mean D&D, like a D&D fight? Uh, no, I don't know. It just says best fight. Uh, best fight that I ever saw, Avengers Endgame. That was a fucking oh, epic yeah. go at the end of oh, that. Yeah, I just watched it recently. When everybody, I saw it in theaters, and the first time that everybody stepped out of the portals, I'm not ashamed, I'll admit it, I had fucking tears in my eyes when they brought everyone back together. Yeah. When you, on your left. Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh, I, I was weeping the second oh, on your left. fuck. Yeah. It was so emotional. That was that was the best. And it just kept getting better and more epic. I don't. I do not have a single complaint about that, except that more good guys should have died. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's just another, well, you know, white knight wins, half right? Half of them did in the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say, no. Uh, Captain I, America uh, elevator scene. That's a pretty good fight, too. Yeah, I mean, eh. the, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, one, no, John Wick's got some good. Oh, John Wick from like John Wick, the first minute of John Wick 1 to the last minute of John Wick 3 is just gold say, yeah. say what you will about the quality of the movie but Batman and Batman versus Superman taking out the warehouse of guys was pretty fucking badass yeah, yeah. so there I mean that entire you know what I mean when I say slow motion 300 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was pretty fucking yeah. epic right yeah. just Zack Snyder just Daredevil, watch Zack Snyder uh, yeah. TV series has some good fights yes yeah, 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 yeah. The stairwell yeah. as well in yeah. the second season Punisher that's got some good ones no okay alright I'm gonna break the mold on this the best the best beatdown that I ever saw was Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman when he starts going on his monologue at the end. Mm, I haven't seen Fuck, it. man. It gives me chills. And it's uh, Scent of a Woman. It sounds like a romantic comedy. Yeah. It isn't. It's Al Pacino at his most Al Pacino going off. Everyone talks about Nicolas Cage going crazy and doing the Nicolas Cage <laughs> thing. Pacino. Right? Or... or and I'm going to kick your ass! <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm going to kick your ass! No, no, no. He plays a blind vet. Who oh, just really? fucking schools everybody he really? talks to? Shit, because he knows weak points from like uh, no, 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 animals no, no, and stuff. No, 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 no. It's all verbal. He does not lift a fucking finger, but he is by far the biggest man in the room at any given moment. He's just—it's a—it's one of my favorite movies. He's Usually, just animal doctors are like sensitive, but next, not not Worst. wrong vet, wrong vet. Oh, sorry, <laughs> a veteran. Oh, this is that one that thing you, you are. Yeah, that thing you, you are. Fuck. <laughs> Forget. It's in another life. <laughs> that was a good Al Pacino impression, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was impressed. Is it my turn? It's my turn. I decided. I don't care. I, think, a I got two a, on the white. Two, two on the white. Duh. I'll read it out here. I'm going to mark it off with this. Um, Matty Yango. Oh, asked, Matty. Um, heist, espionage, assassination, thinking Assassin's Creed like for 5e. Can it be done? Hmm. Yeah. Are we yeah. talking a heist like Ocean's Eleven as well? Yeah, all the time. I've yeah. run so many heists, so many bank vaults that have been broken into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it can be done. The question is, Assassin's Creed style, where there's one character? Uh, Assassin. Well, okay, there, there's a couple Assassin's Creed where there's more than the one. Um, there's not a D&D party worth of people. 
The, yeah, there the is. problem is with this. My experience with people uh, talking about this stuff is they usually only they go into it half-assed. So it's like, okay, you arrive at the ball. What do you do? But clearly, you have a mission. It's like, okay, if we knew we were going to do this, we would have blueprints, we would have maps, we would have an invitee yeah. list, we would know all of this information ahead of time. We would already know how to get into the vault, hopefully. So the problem is that people try and run it, but then the players are like, well, I don't fucking know, dude, because I don't know where the vault is. Yeah, the other problem, too, is that they're just going to say, all right, stealth check, stealth check, stealth check, stealth check. Persuasion. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, deception, maybe, and then stab. Yeah. Sneak attack. All right, we're good. Stealth check, stealth check, stealth. Like, and that's, that's, yeah. You really got to vary that. I'm going to say the best way to do this, skill challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let them know what they've got to do and then put the right people in the right positions to do the right thing mm-hmm. with a skill challenge that they can plan out. Yeah. yeah. And, and there is no shame in you sitting there as the DM saying, guys, you're doing a heist. Think heist movie. You're doing an assassination. Think Assassin's Creed, right? We're talking parkour. We're talking reading the uh, um, blueprints. We're like, there's always a lot of planning leading up to it. And I've devoted two sessions to planning. Okay. So please use them. Don't just be like, all right, well, we'll make sure we have suits and then we'll wait till the day of. It's like, then you're going to die. Right. So, so um, have as a DM, like a, I don't know, a 10-point checklist, and depending on how many points they check off is the varying degree of difficulty that you throw at them in the last fight or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like, hey, you guys finally got to the capital city. What do you need to do this? And they're going to need things like wands and things. Maybe they've got to get the funds to buy the shit to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? We need a cloak of invisibility, but we can't afford one yet. Oh, I, I have a very easy solution to that. If you want to hit a heist with a high magic, like high powerful magic party, the entire vault area is an anti-magic field. You have to use mundane tools. And then your players are diving into their kits, their ropes, their everything else. Right? I mean, it's it's not hard well, to say the thing an is, alterable anti-magic field. I quite often want to make it clear to players who, you know, think that they can just cast spells, whatever. There's verbal, somatic, material components you're waving your hands in the air. You have to be quite vocal. You're you're slapping back Wano into your palm. You're doing all that sort of stuff. You can't just be like, I cast whatever. And it happens. It doesn't work like that. Uh, I mean, unless you're a certain kind of sorcerer. sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, sure. But that's but, a certain kind of sorcerer, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to go next here. It's a red 18. 18, Dan. I'm going to read Sorry. this one. Nope. I got it because you got the white table. Right. I got red. Spidey underscore Rich says, if you could have one creature, special trait, or ability in real life, which would you choose? My mind immediately went to Vampire and Incubus. <laughs> <laughs> Charm person. Now, that actually would be a pretty decent one, having having a, like, Charm oh, person. Oh, the amount of stuff you could achieve in a couple... Well, the amount of stuff you could achieve in your life if you had Charm person is it's limitless. Right? You guys are bordering on being, uh... Creepy. Really evil. Charm person is not used for good things. Oh, the only reason I'm not evil is because I know that I the whole idea of if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah. Very much resonates with me. <laughs> so, that's how they get me. Um, I've tried the good way. It, hey, it doesn't fucking work. All right? I'm sick of playing by the rules. Is it Zverf Neblin that have the at-will silence spell? Uh... My God, if there's anybody that should be able to be silent at will, it is you. Um, 
<laughs> Thank you. No, I'm an incredibly light sleeper and I have children and the idea of just being able to just be like, shut up for a minute and then hear the peace and quiet and then have a little cry because finally I understand silence again, which is a concept in my life that no longer exists. Have, That's my answer. Have a cutscene of your kids like walking across the kitchen counters, like dancing over the knives, and like your son carrying the no, that, pot of boiling water. It's all that is that silence. is that is legit. Just called my nut, my my life. Uh, <laughs> Did you say your nut? No, my knife. I was about to say my knife because I have seen my son running around the house with a pair of like open uh, fabric scissors, and I'm like, ah, Terry. Um. Parenting's hard, guys. I'm not sure. You I don't know. This. I think I would just take this opportunity to be uh, just to be a vampire. Just take the vampire abilities. Um, would you take you know. the weaknesses as well? Well, here the question is, which one do I want? So I don't want the weaknesses. So because I like how in D and D five e the weaknesses are the like traditional weaknesses for the most part. Yeah, like running water. You need to have permission to enter a a, a house, right? Yeah, like, I, I that kind of stuff's cool. But I, I could get why you wouldn't want no, that. No, I mean, the, the, just purely stick it to the question where I don't have to take the weaknesses. So I'll just say no. But I think I like the idea of the, the vampire abilities for sure. Summoning bats and wolves. Oh, and yeah. Turning all into uh, 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 turning into cloud. mist even. Yeah. yeah. All of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay, Adam, we've given you your time. Lucky. Fair one. Why are we not thinking about this? I, yeah, thing. like I would just I'd be the, the most broken lucky. the most broken thing in the game. Yeah, the halfling lucky. Like just Oh, like, halfling luck or lucky? I don't think it is. No, halfling halfling luck. All it does is it gives you advantage 3 times. Oh, no, that that's the feat. Halfling, and the feat is broken. Halfling luck. How is that more broken than all of the other stuff where you get to reroll? You get um, advantage 3 times. It's it's not you get advantage 3 times. It's you and anyone else around your table that you see. Uh, within 30 feet, I think, is the range. Gets an additional d20 that they can roll after they know the result. Which is just rolling with advantage. No, it's not. You roll with advantage before you know the result. Yeah, but Knowing it matter, after you, you still take the better one. No, no. Imagine you have this thing and you are failing hard. You can now get another d20 after you know for a fact you're failing hard. You have botched. This death save. It doesn't, matter, have, it doesn't matter whether I do them both together or I do one then go, oh, well, it shit. Yes, just it, it intrinsically one. does because of the amount of knowledge you have when the roll has taken place. But again, you only get to do it three times. Yeah, so just rolling it before the dice, but we get it three times, of course those aren't going to have high value because you're just going to knock over them all and you're going to be good. Saving those for high pressure situations where you need advantage, even though you won't, because it's also not advantage. It's you get an additional dice. So if you have the advantage disadvantage stack, which cancels each other out indefinitely, right. you still get that second dice, which is advantage. Which is which is lucky. It's not an advantage dice. It is an additional dice. They're different. So it it. It's the most powerful feat in the game, bar none. But not that. I said halfling luck. But you said halfling luck, okay. which is the reroll botches. Yeah, so every yeah. time that I will just naturally automatically fail, I just have a chance to not. I would take that every fucking time. I'll never fall down the stairs again. Mm-hmm. I'll never get another car accident again. I'll never have anybody... Uh, I'll never have an awkward social scenario again. I will never forget somebody's name yeah. That I met, you know, three months ago. Like, I, I just, fucking hate that. Yep, no, that's, that's what I would do. I mean, it gives me... It, it, it's not auto-success. It just l- gives you another chance not to absolutely horribly ruin everything. Okay, but my question is, if you buy a lottery ticket 
and you miss, is that a failure or a crit failure? It's just a failure. Is it? Because it's the worst possible scenario. No, the worst possible scenario is you don't even make it to the reading because you got hit by a fucking car. No, but that's a separate that's, chain of events. Yeah, it's a separate chain of events. No, I don't no, know. No, butterfly effect. Right? Okay, We're no, going to get into no, it. No, no, Lottery no. ticket is you, you win or you don't. If, right. if you win, you would say that you hit a nat 20. And well, be, yeah, because, and because it's a binary, are... because it's a binary system. Therefore, if you lose, but it's not a binary system. It's a win or lose. That's binary. That's, no, because if you get three numbers, you win a different amount of money, or you but win four still, numbers. You so, win a different so, amount of money. so what you're saying is that if I don't win at all, if I don't win anything, that's the worst case scenario. That's a botch. I get another chance. Yes, but if you also roll two, you don't win anything. Like if you get two of the numbers, you don't get like no. No. I'm pretty sure that I would end up winning it, money with this. The 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 logic and statistics don't support. No problem. You. We'll play roulette instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> right. Play play blackjack. Yeah. No, I don't want that flip. Nah. No. I yeah. I, I would pick halfling luck. Right. Halfling luck is a thing that I would have. Or Lucky. or or I would do the night hag thing where I could infest people's dreams. I can have fun with that shit. Terry roll before he gets carried away. Okay. Or the elven ability to trance. Roll faster. Ooh, trance is actually good. What's that one? Yeah. Four. That's a four. We've done it. What's that one? Fifteen. 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 Ha ha Your boy Sebi. I assume his name is Sebastian. Uh, It is your boysy baby. Because boysy's a place. It's not your boy Sebi, is it? No. Your boysy baby. What's up, baby? Uh, wants to know how to create interesting NPCs. Fucking hell. Listen to the podcast. Listen <laughs> the podcast. Jesus H. Hey, 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 hey. This was I one of the... I got time for your shit. Th- this was, is one of the oldest questions that came up when God I was very damn. first mailbag. Let me cross this up. I ain't got time for your shit, okay? What do you want us to do? Does it have 45 no, no. minutes? No, we, we literally had time for this shit. And we've put it into many different podcasts. All right, so what's That's your, so what's, what's your one that? major tip then? My one major tip. Sum it up in one sentence. One sentence, Daniel. I challenge you one sentence. Then I will flip that and challenge you one sentence. Okay. Well. With no expounding. You didn't. I know that was not. No, no, no. One fucking sentence. No. Nope. Right All right. Terry, it's your question. You go first. I'm going to find out what this person looks like. Watch Peaky Blinders next. Boo! <laughs> Boo! No, that was your sentence. Fuck oh, you. Actually, Tom Hardy's character is fucking brilliant in that. Tom Hardy's character is fucking brilliant. I completely agree. Yeah. Fair one. Yeah, well, really, what Dan said is just draw inspiration from and uh, use that as a focal point and then branch off from there. Thank you for. Uh, what Dan means by me. watch Peaky Blinders. I had a sentence. No, yeah, he has a sentence, and that's, that's all that he's already speaking too much. Peaky fucking blinders. Understand your NPC's motivation and honor them to the utmost ability that you can. We're at that level of drunk. We're at the profound level of drunk. We're back! <laughs> back in the game. Um, okay. All right, my turn. And White. White six. White six. We've we done, done, it. It. done it. White two. two. We've done it. We've done it. White four. Four. Hey. We have not done it. Split Colton Adrian. Colton Adrian. Hello, Colton. Long time uh, listener. <laughs> Long time first, first time writer. <laughs> so, oh man, I love it. Um, is the deck of many things just blank cards and a beholder's anti cone, or could a brave soul pull all the cards while not being killed by said beholder and arrange them? However, <laughs> so Terry gave up. I'm gonna try this out. Is the deck of many things just blank cards in a beholder's anti magic cone? 
fill in that word there. Or could a brave soul pull all of the cards while not being killed by said beholder and arrange them however? I would actually say the deck of many things functions in the icon because it's a different level of magic. It depends. It's an anti-magic cone, though. It's, it is legendary level magic versus a beholder. Oh, oh, uh, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. In my campaign, in my world, where I have previously established that there are multiple levels of magic, then yes. But in strict fifth, fifth ed, no. No, man. Magic is magic. There it is. Yep. Yeah, and I also the way I imagine the uh, the uh, deck of many things was kind of like the uh, the cards in uh, Constantine, where he holds them up. Yep. You got to say what it is. It's you could pull the same card and it may not show the same thing. It's it's, just, it's the, the, card, uh, the idea of the it's deck, Doctor Who's psychic paper. It's like the deck is just there as the like whatever. So it would the, be blank. It, to answer the question in the spirit that he has is asking it, it would be a blank. Card. The question is, do runes disappear? On a page, are scrolls blank then? Yeah. In an anti-magic field, scrolls are blank? While they are in the anti-magic field, because it's a suppression wave, not a destruction wave. So they are suppressed. So the magic in them is suppressed. So the magical runes are... But the runes should still show, right? Yeah, so you should still see. I would say that the brave soul should be able to shuffle and put one at the top. I don't know. I've seen the Dungeons & Dragons movie where they're writing on scrolls and they're using like magic ink that is a special ink. You're quoting the Dungeons and Dragons movie, I, I, so you don't get to play anymore, Dan. You're you're you are kicked off. Of this it's kind of, I see it kind of like if you're in a uh, under a silence spell, you can still I can still ah uh, I can still feel my lungs vibrate from the air coming out. Like I'm still doing it, so I don't see why the the runes would be removed. They're still there. It's just I can't activate them. The spell it has no effect. I I, I, I guess the question is, is the ink that was used on the cards. Is that the material component? And would the material component disappear in an anti-magic field? Or does it just fizzle and nothing happens? Or can you see the images, but you can't stack the order because the whole point is it always has to be random. Well, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe that's the thing, and, and I like that better. You yeah, can, no, I like that, you, yeah. You can go ahead, when you are in an anti-magic field, you walk in you and you flip it over and you see that all of the cards have the same runes. Yeah. Those runes, when they're able to be magical, hit a randomized feature that knows your future. And you are fated to draw your card. I it's like that. It's divination magic. I like that. How's that? Does that... Solve it. How's that, Colton Adrian? Dan does not look convinced. No, Dan doesn't like that, but he also quoted the Dungeons and Dragons movie, so we're done listening to Dan. Yeah. yeah. You shot yourself in the foot with that one, Dan. True. All right. Take it Who's back. rolling what now? Very intentionally. Uh, that was your question. It's my turn. Okay. Um, I have two left. I am two going left. to roll on the red table. Red? Okay. I'm going to ro- I rolled on roll the red on the table. Box, please. Yeah. People at home are confused. Six. Six. Pepperina again. Jesus. I know. What creative aspects of the game do you enjoy? Painting, map making, prop building, etc. That's a good oh. question, actually. Peps tends to have good questions. Yeah. We give her shit, but she's thought this shit through. Honestly, I I I love She's trying to get to know us. I we've said before, I'm I I like woodworking. I love crafting things so prop building craft building that kind of stuff's fun um i can get lost in a map mm. in, in like creating maps yeah um which is something i've only really started doing recently um 
Yeah, that's my answer. Uh, mostly, it's 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 handcrafting something. I miss. I haven't painted in a long time, and I miss it to death. I I would get. I'd stick a bit of synthwave music on, or some lo-fi hip hop, or some weird Spotify playlist, and just focus on that and just do that for hours. And I really even painting minis. It's, oh, oh, sorry. Just no, just people. Just a woman up the street. Just, <laughs> just paint. You will be shh. <laughs> Terry's just running around downtown with a set of beats on and a super soaker filled with red paint. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, painting minis, yeah. Uh, but I I love maps. But I feel like uh, uh, I enjoy it because it's like you know if I'm running a game where I use maps, it's necessary and I I get some uh, some enjoyment out of it. But I really really take pride when a penny and mini goes well yeah uh, i something i'll do it for a while but maybe and, I'll bring that, it and we've had life. we've had painting parties where we just sit around and paint minis so yeah. at least i have adam i don't enjoy props too much actually not interested in that as much tried it a bit but um it's not like i'm very good at it it's fair enough uh, there's a certain impact to dropping like a physical prop in fact it was one of the selling features for me to come join you guys was that Adam buys his gifts every Christmas? No, was that there are cool props. Like, I thought it was... It wasn't even on my radar that I could hand... (laughs) I could hand, like, an actual stick that I, like, took a red Sharpie to one end and hand it to my player and be like, this is your Adam gives us physical puzzles as well. Yeah, and, like, physical puzzles that never, like, registered in my brain as something I could do. Mm -hmm. And when Adam's like, oh, I do this, I'm like, I must play in this game. Yes. (laughs) So. Adam, what do you enjoy? I like making maps well enough. I prefer making world maps to battle maps. But honestly, man, I like the random tables. There's nothing I like more than sitting down and making random tables. I can do that eight hours a day, every day. And a different table. It doesn't have to be random encounters. It can be who's this NPC, what are, what are some town names, tavern names. I just get, because every time that I write one down, it sparks my inspiration, my creativity in some way about, oh, hey, this one's called the uh, the purple saxophone, right? And then I'm sitting there going, but why? And now I'm sitting there going through this idea of it was crafted from a purple wood, which is obviously some sort of berry vine, right? right? Which means that the people that got it have got to be natural. I'm thinking it's elves. You know what? I'm going to make it furbolgs, right? So this this is created by a furbolg bark. I've got a whole backstory now yeah. I'm going off on. How it used to be a different word, but colloquially they kind of pronounced it a different way. Yeah. It's and spelled like this. Yeah, and yeah. so I very much... I love random tables because I get to just blow the top off of my creativity mm. and just slot in whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and so I've got... I, I'm not kidding when I say I've got a random table of 2,000 NPCs statted out. Like straight through down to what class, what what are their con? Uh, like, I love it. So what, when it comes to who you're looking at in the tavern, yeah, and and I roll the. It's not even that. It's I sit there and I know all these people exist in this city. Yeah. And so when you go to talk to this person because their job is next to it, I know who that person is. And there's usually a little note on my on my spreadsheet that says has a wife who works here and three children this age. Right. And those people will also be on the table. So you could run into the wife later. Yeah. If you wanted to. And it's, it's all it's all there. Like I love, I love making intricate it just lets me map it out in my brain as much as I possibly can. And I mean it's awesome for magic items too. Right? Yeah, you make some pretty unique magic items. Because I'm not bound by what the player's handbook says. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not enough to be oh you can have 
Horseshoes are a saddle on a horse. No, they're blinders on a horse. But the blinders show it grassy field, so it's always comfortable, even in a dungeon. That's one I just came up with right now. I, I just, I That's just actually ingenious, right? So, like, I, I want to do shit like that all of the time. Um, and I just, just gave your horse freaking AR goggles. Love it. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's me. I love my random tables. Terry, uh, last one. Want to wrap us up here? Yeah. Don't wait. fuck this up. Don't Terry. fuck this up. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go black again. I think actually. Three it's again. Three. That is the millionth time we have rolled three on the black table. Fifteen. We did that too. God damn it! I told you not to fuck this up. <laughs> two. Two. Hey, we didn't do two. Oh. Alexander, another Skip Davis asks, metal or plastic? I'm assuming he means dice. Swords. <laughs> I'm assuming he means dice or minis. Women? Like the new robot sex dolls or like a traditional silicone-filled Barbie girl? Is that what we're going with here, Dan? Uh, it's clearly what you're going with. Plastic. All day. All right. No jokes about this. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> dice? Uh, I moved on to metal. As I told you guys before, it's uh, as soon as I got that, that I got gifted to me that uh, the metal dice set. It immediately stopped any craving for new dice and all of the fancy colors and all that. I was like, I'm done. I love this set and I use it all the time now. But there's only one D6. If I need another D6, I will pull from my pool of plastic dice. But And sometimes I just use the plastic ones for fun. But I'm saying that I love those dice. I think more than anything... That's depressing. Adam? What? Metal or plastic? Oh, uh, we decided on dice. That's what we're talking about. Well, I got distracted by sex toys because I'm thinking, honestly, wouldn't metal get really cold? And I wouldn't want to insert anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to end up... You know when you when you Sometimes lick a, of my... a frozen flagpole yeah, and yeah, your yeah, tongue yeah, yeah. gets stuck to it? That's my That's concern with metal. Canada, though, isn't it? Well, some of them, like, because they're weighted more. So if you have to, over the course of the day, there's no better word to, but way to say it, stretch. It's it's to the little bit of weight. Dan, we're, we're talking fuck. fucking dice. Yeah, we are talking fucking. Um, but <laughs> no, does adding batteries change how it's weighted? No, though? just just dice. We're talking it's like a dice. Sword, isn't it? It's like a sword if you play. Yeah. Oh, you God, why did I agree weighted. to do this with you people? Dan. <laughs> What I, do you prefer? I like I like plastic dice better. I like plastic dice better. More variety. It's not even more variety. I got metal dice, and the problem that I have with metal dice, the set that I got, the D8s have really sharp corners, so they don't roll. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the D4s as well, they're weighted so heavily that they don't roll, they thunk and, and land, and then they're done. My way that I roll dice is I like to do a spin in the air anyway. Yeah, but so, then you're going to take chunks out of your dice tray. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's and true. there are actually chunks out of this dice tray from when I was using my metal dice set. Really? So Yeah, which yeah. means that... Jess made this for you, didn't she? Yeah, she did. And this is how you treat her dice boxes. With love, I'm using it. But we'll come back. So, um... That's that's, that's, all, that's also what I have to say about the sex toys. With love, I'm using it. Cool. Uh, that's how I'm using it. Goth girls or Barbie girls, Dan? Goth girls every day, all day. Yeah. That was a really fast answer. That was really fast. Yeah, no, I know what I like. <laughs> there's one there's one question <laughs> here. Should we, should, we each, on? should we each choose a question? Sure, they did this to us in the other one here, Dan. Okay, so we're just grabbing one and we choose it? Do you, are we yeah. only going to choose from the Fuck table? Fuck, Mary, Kale, Brad, Megan, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a real question. Someone write, a, write that in. Someone so write that in and we'll, gra- we'll answer it next time.
Mm-hmm. Oh, I got mine. Okay, what do you got? Okay, this one is from our bud, Alexander Davis, uh, who asks, What powers do you think a petrified ent lich would likely have? <sighs> Read that overly specific question again. What powers do you think a petrified ent lich would likely have? It doesn't matter what powers they have, they're petrified. I mean, oh, yeah, I guess that's fair enough, yeah. Right, that's my answer. <laughs> I, I, I would go with the... Uh, I would go less with the straight-up arcane mastery and go a little bit more uh, druidic feel to it. Um, super evil, almost a blighter of sorts. Like they just seek to consume. You just reskin everything that's like the black tentacles are now just like, like dead thorns. Yeah, and shit, right? yeah, right. So, like, I, I I would do that, and um, he could raise corpse flowers and shit, right? Like, yeah, right. Or or he is the one. His his uh, zombies that he has are like spore zombies right and and everything is mushrooms or myconids or uh everything's he, always a mushroom with you Dan. he's he's probably connected with Zug, uh Zugtamoy in some way shape or form terry what do you got hmm which question yeah what on that list i like this one it's pepperina again actually she's throwing some good ones out uh what pre-game rituals do you all have dan dan doesn't prep he doesn't have pre-game no no i have pre-game rituals i make sure everything's out and organized um in the way it's at my house so i clean and while i clean i think about the session that's coming up um i think the biggest one is the dice selection like i've i've got a little uh uh almost a tackle box almost that has every single one of my sets separated and at the end of every session i like to uh put all my dice back in their own little section. So all of my sets are uh, split up and, and on display. And uh, before the game starts, I sit back and I choose the dice who are going to be used during this session. Mm. And and uh, depending on my current emotional state or how heavy the session is going to be or how many dice I know I'm going to need to throw around, I choose different sets. So, like, I think the biggest ritual I have is reading through my notes, um, which are usually messy, um, choosing my dice, and uh, kind of having a moment of zen as I clean up the room. Terry? Uh, I'm going to do it from the point of the DM, uh, because my pregame rituals for players, it's boring. I'm inevitably running late, and it, the whole thing is falling apart. Uh, as a DM... The way I prep for my session, if I know it's coming on later on the day, I'm quite a method actor in the sense that I essentially just practice my NPC voices all day in the car, and I will just practice. Not even the NPCs I'm going to use, I will just try and be Mrs. Doubtfire on the way to work or whatever, and I'll just practice like an Al Pacino voice and whatever. Which is stellar. It, uh, it was the first time I've ever done it, and I was trying, and uh, I'm going to work on that because I feel like there's something there, I just got to adjust it a little bit. Uh, or I'll do like Tom Hardy's character from Peaky Blinders or whatever because I just I like staying fresh and fluid with that. Mm -hmm. So if somebody throws something at me, I can just jump into something. And usually what I'll do is I'll try and channel another character from somewhere. But I'll do something like, okay, I want to make my this accent, but I want to make my voice lower and I want to act more nervous. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I do is I basically just walk around all day doing stupid voices. <laughs> so when I prep. 
I listen to music, and I have themed music for each character. Mm-hmm. So my pregame ritual before, I mean, we, we play on Sundays and Tuesdays. So I have a little bit of time after work on Tuesdays and a lot of time on Sunday mornings to sit down and listen to the music for the characters. That puts me right back in the world every single time, and it focuses me. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, you as a DM, let's be honest here, you got to poo before you play. Me? Every DM needs oh. needs to have their evacuation. They got to have themselves a little push, right? They got to... They, 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 you have to poo right before the game, like not like right before, like, but but you got to squeeze before you can roll dice, right? Like that's that's it. Know, just, so so you go I and spend a good amount of time on the porcelain throne. No, 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 no. That my, I'm quite the opposite. I sit there and I say on Saturday night, what is my diet? Really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I do not want to be interrupted in the middle of a campaign. Saturday night, I'm eating pizza, so. I am not. No, because it won't work. No, no, no. Pizza's just greasy. No, no. no. I'm looking at my diet, going, "What's going to keep me from from interrupting my game?" I'm not going to have a big old bowl of chili. I'm not going to down forty beers before. No, 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 no. Clean living before before D and D. Really? Oh yeah. Man, that's that's the time of the week. That's that I am clean. Everybody plays D and D on a weekend. Most people typically. Uh, and that's the time when I'm letting loose. Look, look, it's it's fucking artichoke dip, it's nacho chips, oh, it's man, it's gummies, it's and gummies and soda cookies and, beer. and and pop, not soda. I don't even know what that is. It's so depressing. Nobody does. It. Nobody does. Um, Of all the 192 countries in the world, one country knows what that is. Um, there's like there's like those two bite brownies. Like Monday hurts me. Yeah. yeah. So Saturday cleanses me for D and D. Right. That's that's my answer. I like it. That was a good question, wasn't it? All right, hold on. My I had one. I had one. Zombie night. Hey Jeff. Hey Jeff. Hey Faye. What information do you have on the back of your DM screens? Oh, that's good. Um, I'm gonna answer my own question. On the back of the DM screens? Well, I got a nice picture of like a dragon. No, no, no. Well, uh, the back, as far as the players are concerned, you fuckwad. (laughs) (laughs) I keep my crit tables there. Crit tables, yeah, and your crit tables are phenomenal. I now keep crit tables there because after playing with Adam's crit tables, I don't think I could ever play a game again without crit tables. I have the uh, passive um, perceptions of the party and also their passive intelligence as well. Yeah, the other thing that I am going to start putting on it are the um, conditions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what each of them fucking does. They're on some of them, but it's never the deep dive that I wanted to be summed up in like one sentence or less. They're on like yeah, they're on and they're on the back of the standard one, but they're in the way because it's yeah. like you you're gonna arrange your screen different to that. And yeah, it's like yeah, you could have them more concise and off to the side somewhere. Yeah, I want to print them off in like like eight point font and stick them off to the side so that when I need, they're on the far left of the DM screen. So. What I have started doing is ring binders, is rings from ring binders on the back of the screen, so I can have three or four sheets in plastic, you know, wallets and flip them. That's a good um, idea. Yeah. So for stuff that I may need access to is in the town down the way. If I need the basic information on that, I can just flip to it. But it won't. The, the players won't see what's on the other side of the paper when I flip it. You guys have had all the answers. Like I'll, I'll have party names. I'll have uh, important NPCs as well mm-hmm. um, that are active in this part of the campaign. Um, I'll have their names and their important details on the on the DM screen as well. Um, and to a lesser extent, I will have uh, uh, shop inventories. 
if oh, I know cool. if I, if I know they're about to hit the shops, I'm going to have a good idea of what their inventories are. Because let's be honest, if you're going to a random hamlet in the middle of nowhere, they're not going to be able to buy your plus five sort of. Mm-hmm. Random hamlet is a good name for a for a band. <laughs> it is. I, I random Macbeth would be better. But oh oh, do you know what random else? Scottish play? This is really good for it, uh, when I said your theater of the mind group. Um, uh, for theater of the mind um, groups is you know like a uh, trading card plastic wallets where you put trading cards in, yep. but have very small maps if your dungeons are. That's actually something you showed me how to, uh, that you used a lot was you use like index cards with those things. Yeah, and then yeah. you just put that on the back of your DM screen, and you can have six different maps laid out small. All you it's just you as the DM needs it, right? Because yeah. it's theater of the mind, but it gives you a, a visual of what's going on. No, I, 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 I've been using that for like, uh, I, I like just giving out magic items mm-hmm. re- like recklessly mm-hmm. as a DM. Um, so giving players an actual tangible item and say, you find this magic item and yeah. handing them a card. Well, then they also... They get to read it. They'll yep. read it in front. And you see the player that gets it, reads it. Then they get excited. Then everybody's coming over going, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. 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 Especially the ones where it's like, you know, for whatever reason, they can't show the other people just yet. Yeah. And and, and it's just an index card. It's not difficult. So. That's right. Anyways. Well, he's done because Adam's passing out. Over Adam, Adam's yep. powered down. <laughs> Bedtime, isn't it? Yep. All right, well, that's been it for another episode of the uh, It's a Mimic podcast. Uh, this has been Mailbag 7. Mailbag 7? Seven? 7. Mailbag 7. Keep sending them in. Info at itsamimic.com. Find us on Instagram. Uh, you know the rest of it. I don't have it in front of me. Okay, look, uh, we'll catch you for next week's episode where we are talking about what we're talking about next week. I haven't the foggiest. We don't know. See you then. Stop playing other people's games. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Fuck. I'm That's going to be a soundbite.